What's up team, this is Brock Ashby here and welcome to the first episode of the Better With Brock podcast. I called this Better With Brock because I want to share my thoughts, my past, my experience, my strategies, my methods in hope that you will learn from them and become better. In any way, it could help you stick to your diet better, it could help you stick to your training better, it could help you live a better life, it could make you laugh, it could make you hopefully in some way better so that is why i have created this channel and i also wanted to give some context behind the stuff that i already talk about but with the podcast you know we have time to sit down and really break things down and give things some context and give things some background and you know tell some stories that you can't in captions on social media so in this first episode i wanted to break down my personal body transformation journey or my story and I've posted it a lot I've come from being 69 kg which is really light for me I'm six foot and I had a 28 centimeter waist which is you know I've never been like that before I was just really lean really small and now I'm sitting at 90 92 kg and I've talked about that many times you know I was under eating I was over restricting myself I was uh, I was training too much. I was stressing my body too much. I wasn't sleeping enough. You know, there was a lot of bad things that got me down to that weight. Um, and I want to talk about those experiences. And we'll get to that in a minute. But before I talk about that, I want to actually talk about before I got down to 69 kg. Because I actually started at a similar weight to where I am now, 88 kg. So just 4 kgs under where I am. And that was kind of where I naturally sat um, I've always been a super active, super sporty kid. I played six sports. I played rugby league, played rugby, played volleyball, played softball. Uh, I did athletics. Uh, I played touch. I may have missed out a couple of things. Um, but I've always been super active and I've always just kind of had this metabolism that's very fast, like a hard gainer. My mum would always say that I had worms because <laughs> I kind of like ate the most in the family, but I was the skinniest. You know, my mum used to call me skinny binny as well. My dad used to call me monkey. You know, I had this, you know, very small frame, but I was very active and that's just kind of how I was. So I ended up kind of putting on a bit of weight, getting up to that 88 kg weight uh, through high school because I started getting into lifting. So, you know, when you're playing sport when you're younger, you don't really lift you don't really, you know, you just practice, you practice, you play tournaments, you play. But the high school that I went to, that I was fortunate enough to go to was Christchurch Boys High School. And they, they were a massive rugby school. So a lot of All Blacks came out of there. Reuben Thorne came out of there. Daniel Carter did some time there. And there's others that I've forgotten, but it was a very big rugby school. So getting into the gym, you know, they always encouraged that. And one lunchtime I went in and the membership was only $5 a week. So I signed up and at lunchtimes, I just started going to the gym. I started hitting the gym. I had no idea what I was doing. You know, I'd seen some stuff, you know, from, you know, just peeping through the gym and looking at the big guys lift weights. Um, so when I was first signing up, I looked at the personal trainer, his name was Martin Stokes, and, you know, he was huge, like, 
massive traps, massive calves, big chest, big arms, you know, and it's kind of like, you know, one of the first times you kind of look at someone that's a personal trainer, you go like, man, I want to be like him. So I was like, man, write me a program so that I can get big like you. Um, so he put this program together and I started following it and immediately I fell in love with weight training and I don't know what it was. I think it was just the ability to, to get stronger and feel stronger uh, and really apply myself to something and see progress. I've always been really hooked on making progress. And that's, you know, one thing that I encourage today is to get people, um, you know, thinking about when they're trying to hit goals that it's not just about looking good. Okay, I know that can be a big driver for people looking good, feeling good, feeling sexy with your clothes off or, you know, feeling hot at the beach, uh, you know, looking great in your bikini, looking great in your board shorts. But there's a point where that really doesn't feel good enough. Um, You know, once you get there, then what, you know, then what do you do? And that's where a lot of people struggle to stay motivated once they get there. So actually going into going into the gym or going into a workout program being like I'm going to get stronger I'm going to use my body for what it was designed to do to move and make progress that's a really good goal and that's kind of what I had straight away I didn't really want to you know being a naturally lean kid being overweight was never really my problem it was more so holding weight on and building muscle so I started seeing progress and from 14, I just started pretty much training every day. Like I was just like hooked on it. I remember learning this exercise first. It was called the Dumbbell Arnold, uh, the Arnold curl. So you would bicep curl up the dumbbells. And then once you bicep curled up to your shoulders, you would push it overhead and then come back down. So you do an Arnold press from the top. But before that, you would do a bicep curl. And I remember just doing that every day. And my goal was to get up to 20 kg weights, which I did probably with terrible form. I still did not have good form or any sort of insight, but I was just kind of hooked on progress and and kind of getting really strong. So throughout high school, I just kind of keep doing that, you know, and my mates got into it. Uh, Me, Huddle, Eugene, Kaylee, Rob, you know, we would hit the gym super often, most lunch times, and it was cool, you know, we would hang out, we would laugh, we would lift, and, you know, once again, you know, sure, we were, you know, hoping that our arms would get bigger and chest and stuff. It wasn't really that focused on legs, to be honest. And, you know, there was always that, but it was more so just about, you know, having fun and lifting and, you know, getting stronger and ultimately seeing progress in our physiques and what we could achieve. Um, so that became a real solid habit. And then I remember in year 13, at the same school, Christchurch Boys High School, we would get study periods if we wanted to. So, you know, you could fill your schedule up with classes or you could take a study period to study for other classes, right? So I took that, but (laughs) instead of studying, I would hit the gym. So, (laughs) um, you know, people would be studying English, people would be studying maths or studying science, whatever, in their study period. And I would get changed, sneak off to the gym and get in a session, you know, and, and, and I guess that's when I kind of started realizing, okay, I think this is just a bit more than a bit of fun. You know, this is what I really like doing. Um, and regardless, you know, of my form, which probably was average and, um, you know, and what I was doing, I guess, you know, it was a, it was a, 
sign that I was, you know, going to do something with lifting. Um, so that's how I kind of got up to 87.5 kg. I definitely got, you know, I definitely built muscle mass. I was still playing sports. I was still training. Um, it was helping out in rugby, helping me, you know, help throw the other guys around. Even though I was playing fullback, I didn't really have too much contact. I definitely felt stronger. Um, so I got up to that weight throughout high school and then I finished it. And then I kind of backed off sport a little bit after I finished high school and I started pursuing music. And this is kind of where the 180 degree turn for me was because as soon as I started getting into music and, you know, you may know I was on The Voice Australia. Um, I've posted about that before. I was actually back in New Zealand. I was, in, I was on X Factor with a boy band called Morehouse. Um, so this was kind of just when I started getting into music before we made the boy band and I started kind of looking at musicians that I aspired to be like, because I was, you know, I, I went to jazz school, I studied guitar, um, I kind of dropped all sport and just continued training because I still loved lifting, but I was getting into music a lot, like getting into music a ton. So I was looking at people... Justin Bieber, One Direction, these pop stars, Ed Sheeran, and looking at them and going like, man, I look, I, like, I look pretty different to them. Like I look like a rugby player because <laughs> I was playing rugby. And that's when I kind of thought, you know, and then we formed the, the boy band Morehouse and we went on X Factor and I started, you know, and I thought to myself, I think I'm going to have to look different, you know, if I want to try and pursue this f seriously, you know, full on, like as a career, because, you know, like when I do something, you know, like many people, when I do something, I just apply myself to it 100%. I was like, you know, I want to be the best. I want to do what I can to get the best result and make this a career and all this kind of stuff. So I threw myself in the deep end. I was like, man, I got to get lean because, you know, there's no, well, to my knowledge at the time, I was like, there's no real pop stars that are buff <laughs> or look like a league player or a rugby player. So I started trying to do my own research and, and trying out things. And the first thing that I tried, and this, you know, is where, you know, my mindset kind of shifted to just like getting stronger and seeing what my body could do to actually looking different and dropping body fat. I, I had no idea what a calorie deficit was. So I was like, okay. So I did, I was like, I'll do one meal a day that's got to work. You know, I'll eat clean and I'll eat one meal a day. So I lost weight really quick and I thought, man, this is working. You know, I'm getting lean. Little did I know that, man, I was angry all the time. I was moody. I was hungry all the time. I was fixated by what I was going to have the next meal. Like, and I was only having one meal a day, but I was literally thinking a day forward, like, okay, man, I'm going to have this. I'm going to have some brown rice. I'm going to have heaps of salmon. I'm going to have, you know, green vegetables. Uh, and I would have one meal a day. And, you know, while I was studying at jazz school and rehearsing to, to, to be in Morehouse and perform, and, you know, we, just before we did X Factor in New Zealand, um, I was like really lean and that's where I dropped a significant amount of weight. You know, when I started at 87.5 and the first YouTube video that we put up where we sang Titanium as a cover that actually got us found by Sony New Zealand, which led to us doing X Factor and getting signed later on. 
um, that first video that I did, I was still at that original weight. And then as the videos, as we kept uploading frequently, 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 I got leaner and leaner and leaner and leaner because I was having this one meal a day. And I was like, you know, and one of the other guys was doing it in the band too. So we were doing it together and we thought, you know, we'll look like One Direction because we were a boy band. So, you know, maybe that will help us you know, look more international and look a bit less like we're just some rugby boys from New Zealand. Um, so, yeah, I dropped a lot of weight doing that. I was just eat chicken breast, super clean, lean protein, uh, rice. Um, and that's when I kind of just stopped eating bad food. So I had this good food, bad food mentality where I just stopped. I thought carbohydrates were bad, but I thought brown rice was okay because brown rice was a healthy food. It was a good food. So I stopped eating all carbs. I, I even stopped eating fruit. Like I thought that fruit was bad for you because of fructose. You know, like I was reading stuff online. I would go on simplyshredded.com. I would go on the bodybuilding.com forums and I would just read, you know, whatever. And I read interviews of fitness models like Ulysses, Lazar, Angelov, Jeff Seed, these guys that were just like jacked and like lean as and even though that wasn't really the goal, I was just looking for advice to get lean because obviously they were lean. You know, little did I know that most of the fitness models that were actually writing those articles were on anabolic steroids, but whatever. I, I was like looking at this stuff. I was trying to follow their meal plans or their food. They were having steamed fish, steamed broccoli, and I was eating it. Um, and I was having one meal a day. I was fixated on food and I was just... To be honest, like I was still playing touch at the time and I was playing at a representative level. I was playing for the Canterbury men's team and we were training and I, I just had no energy. Eh? Like I would struggle at training and I was already the youngest in the team because it was open men's team. So they were like 30, 35, 25. And here's me like 18, 19 trying to play with, you know, the best men's team in New Zealand or one of the best men's team in New Zealand. And I, and I would have my meal before training and then I wouldn't have food for the rest of the day. So if we trained at, let's say, three o'clock, I would have my meal at like two. So my energy was okay because I had food, but it just it just wasn't good. So that was, you know, my experience. You know, I thought that one meal a day was like intermittent fasting. So I'd have all these benefits. I'd drop extra body fat. My human growth hormone would go through the roof. Um, but little did I know, I was just creating an extreme calorie deficit because I was having one meal a day that was probably 800 calories at best. It was super clean, super lean. Uh, so, so that was my first attempt to drop weight and I did drop a lot of weight through that. And then I stumbled across, like the one meal a day thing was really hard. Um, and then I guess I'm kind of fast forwarding in time a little bit, um, you know, um, we, I, you know, I was still in the band, but I'd moved to Auckland. Uh, so I was living on my own at this time. I was still in the band and we were doing gigs and stuff together. So still full-time music, really pushing it, still training as well. Um, and I, I stumbled across something called the Warrior Diet. And the Warrior Diet is a diet where you, it's still intermittent fasting. It's one of the protocols. So I was super aware of the 16-8 protocol. So fasting for 16 hours, eating for eight hours. But I was like, nah, that's not extreme enough. That's not for serious people. That's not, that's not going to get you results, mate. You need to be extreme. I have one meal a day and that's how I got lean. So I found, I found that one meal per day was 
a bit full on for me after a while. Like I stuck to it for a very long time, for months. And I was still training every day, rehearsing every day for the band because I was still a part of the band. And, you know, very committed, very active as well. So and I, And I was like, man, I can't sustain this forever. So I was like, I'll try the warrior diet where it's fasting 20 hours, eating four. So... It's still kind of like one meal a day, but I've probably got a couple more hours to kind of eat. So uh, I remember when I was doing the warrior diet, I was working uh, in retail as well. I was working for a company called Javianas where they sell jandals. In New Zealand, we call them jandals. In Australia, they call them thongs. In America, I think they call them flip-flops. But anyway, I was selling jandals. I'm going to say jandals because I'm a Kiwi so we were I was selling jandals but my energy was just so so low because I was only eating for four hours a day so for the entire work time when people would walk into uh to to be served by me because I was the guy in there I just felt like not talking to them so I would literally do my best to avoid customers walking in that's how much my nutrition was affecting me and I was like nah Brock you're just you're just dedicated, you're disciplined, like this is part of the process and little did I know I was just whittling away, I'm sure I was losing all that muscle mass that I built in high school, you know, going to the gym at, you know, when I was 87.5 and still eating a lot, I was still, at that time back in high school, I was just, I had no idea about nutrition and since I was just about getting stronger, I was eating all the time, I'd have like six to eight wheat bix in the morning with banana and sugar on it and then I'd go to school and eat strudels, I would eat cans of creamed rice, I'd eat sandwiches, I'd eat fruit and then I'd get home and I'd put these lasagna toppers from the freezer, I would heat them up and put like garlic bread on the bread and then have a lasagna topper like the frozen crumbed ones in bread. So I'd have two lasagna toppers, four pieces of bread with garlic bread, I'd have that after school and then I'd have dinner and then I'd have dessert. Me and my brother used to sit there and put ice cream in a bowl and put cornflakes in it or rice bubbles and like chop it up for ages, stir it around and then have that. Um, and I loved it. I loved it. And I guess I lost all that. <laughs> I lost all of that joy when I uh, started having one meal a day. And yeah, so kind of fast forward to, to where I was now. I was just so exhausted at work and I, I was trying to avoid people. When people were walking in, I was literally just like trying to hide in the corner and I was like trying to just read on the iPad because that's what we use to take the sales. And I was just always reading about intermittent fasting, or I was reading about food, I was reading about training, I was reading these interviews on simplyshredded.com, and I was trying to see how I could improve in some way, and my diet could be better, my training could be better. Um, but it was never, you know, in those four hours eating, you know, so I would not eat all day at work. So they would say, take a lunch break. And I'd be like, I don't want to take a lunch break because I'm not going to eat. So I'll just work through it and then I'll finish early. And they didn't want me to finish early because then I had to close the store. So I would just work an extra hour of the day and then I would train. And then I would eat my meal after that and start my four hour eating window. So I would train at about 5 p.m. till 7. So say I woke up at 6 a.m., which I was doing many of the days. I wasn't eating until about 7 p.m. that next day. Like right now, I can't even imagine doing that. Like I wasn't eating for 12 hours and then I would train 
on top of that, and my training, trust me, was not good. Like I was so exhausted, but I would push, I would push, I would push. I'd be like, Brock, this is, you know, this is what men are made of. This is what, you know, are you a man or a mouse type of thing? And I was just pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing. Um, little did I know that like, I just wasn't fueling myself enough for what I was doing. You know, like I was on my feet all day working um, at Javiana's, and then I was trained, um, then I would train, and then I would uh, come home, and 7 p.m., I would just try and stuff myself as much as possible. I was like eating like 500 grams of mint. I would have like a whole cabbage because I was still eating really lean. I was trying to eat lean, but I was like, I learned, okay, protein's important. So I'd have like 500 grams of beef mints or something and like a whole cabbage and some broccoli and some pumpkin because pumpkin was low in calories. I still remember like pumpkin is 30 calories per cup. Like I ingrained that into my soul because I ate so much of it. And then I thought at one time I was getting cancer because my hands were going orange, but it's just because I was eating a lot of pumpkin and carrots that my, that my hands were going orange. But I was literally sometimes during the day, I was thinking, man, I've got cancer. I need to see a doctor. (laughs) So, you know, I would, you know, even carrots, I was like, it's 52 calories per cup. Like I just learned all of them. Cabbage was 22 calories per cup. You know, broccoli is 33, spinach is seven. And I learned all these numbers because I was eating, I was trying to find the lowest calorie foods for the highest amounts of like fiber and nutrient dense foods. Um, And I was just trying to squeeze that all into one meal. And I'd have like a can of chickpeas, a can of red kidney beans, and I'd be having this all in one meal after I trained. So can you, like my stomach was so full after every time I ate when I was on this warrior diet. Um, So I was having like heaps of meat, heaps of vegetables, and then, you know, I might eat some fruit. And I was literally stuffed, like, because when you don't eat all day and then you try and eat all this food, it's quite hard to digest. And after that, I just wanted to sleep. So I would just like eat or stuff myself and just kind of like lay in bed like, whoa, man, I'm stuffed. And then after that one meal, even though it was a lot of food, the calories still weren't very high because it was just a lot of vegetables and stuff. So I I would wait a little bit, a couple of hours. And then even though I wasn't really hungry, I'd try force myself to eat some more. So I'd eat some eggs. I'd have a protein shake because I was, you know, all about hitting protein. Uh, And then I would generally go to bed and wake up the next day and rinse and repeat. And I did that for ages as well. And this was when I was, you know, around my 69 kg weight. Over time from 87.5 kg, 88, I was just doing these things. One meal a day, the warrior diet, fasting. And then I was like, okay. After the warrior diet thing, I was like, okay, this is like too hard. Like I'm thinking about food all day. Um, Like my training's average, like my squats are weak. Uh, I'm not getting any stronger. I'm just training. And then on top of that, sometimes I'd go for runs. I was just like overexerting myself. But I thought because I was so passionate, I was like, Brock, this is like, this is how you get to that next level. Like, this is how you look like those those guys on simplyshredder.com. That is how you, you get that top tier physique. You just got to keep pushing through. So because I was so, what's the word? I was just so obsessed with like getting this lean physique that would help me with my music career and, you know, make me feel good about myself. Um, I just tried to muscle it out. And then I thought, okay, instead of, fasting 
and having green tea and black coffee during the day and you know not having and, and water and then stuffing yourself why don't you just have a really low amount of calories throughout the day so I tried that next and I, I, I just chose a number because I had no idea I didn't do a calorie calculation or anything I was like 1500 calories that's going to get me lean that's going to get me lean so I started tracking my calories on my fitness pal 1500 calories I I had my breakfast would be overnight oats it was like <laughs> such a pitiful such a pitiful amount of oats it was like I can't remember it was like 30 grams of oats like it, it was like it looks so sad and then I'd put like water in it because milk is too many calories remember that I'm just joking but I would have water with it to save calories and then I'd put a scoop of protein in and then I'd put berries but um I'd literally weigh the berries like 20 grams. And then at this point in my life, I was up to counting almonds. Like I still remember seven calories per almond. So I would count them. I would have 20 almonds. So I would, I'd get the bag of almonds and I'd like, I'd like kind of spread them out on a table. And then I'll just kind of push them over to my hand and go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and 20 almonds. I'd put them in. I'd have like half a banana. And then I read on one of the articles that I found that grapefruit was like the fat burner. So I'd have half a grapefruit as well. So I still remember this diet and, and, and this is the first time I've talked about it in a while, but it's still so fresh in my memory because that's what I was having. So I'd have this grapefruit with, uh, with my overnight oats for breakfast. And then for lunch, no snacks in between, no snacks because snacking was bad. Okay, so I thought snacking was bad. Don't snack, don't snack. Just have three meals, 1500 calories. They can be 500 each. That's it, no snacks. No fruit because of fructose. So for lunch, I'd have brown rice, uh, as much green vegetables as possible because I wasn't really tracking them. Um, so once again, cabbage, spinach, things like that, broccoli, and zucchini and I would add in pumpkin as well but I would track that and carrots um, and some sort of meat so I had that and then I'd have the same thing for for dinner so overnight oats half a grapefruit brown rice meat vegetable and then dinner brown rice meat vegetable sometimes at night time I would have a treat but the treat is, it's embarrassing to say now, my treat was a can of tuna, the small ones, I think they're about 95 grams in, in spring water, because if it's in oil, that was too much fat, that was, you know, that was bad, so this was the kind of mindset that I was in, I would have a small can of tuna with another 20 almonds, or even 10, sometimes I would count them out, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, Okay, so the can of tuna is 140 calories and then I'll have 140 calories of, you know, and I would do the calculation and I was like, okay, I'm still at 1500, it's good, you know, or maybe I went a little bit over, but if I went over my calories, this was where my mindset was like, I have to exercise. So I would do a plank or I would go for a run. And when I used to go for runs, I've talked about this a little bit on social media, but when I used to go for runs, I would put a, I would cut a hole in a rubbish bag, a black rubbish bag, 
and I would put my head through it. So in the bottom, in the bottom of the bag, I'd cut a hole and then I'd put my head through it and then I'd cut armholes in the bottom as well and put them at the side and then I'd put a hoodie on and I would go for a run. And that for me was a fat burning run. You know why? Because I was sweaty. And the more I sweat, the more body fat I was losing. This is how crazy I was. Like, and if you still do that now, I'm not calling you crazy, but my mindset was crazy. Like I was tracking everything down to the gram. I was literally treating myself like I was like a professional athlete, yet I was on the calories of a little girl, like literally, like a small girl. And I was a six foot dude who used to weigh like close to 90 kilos and now I'm on 1500 calories. I'm training weights. And if I slightly overeat my calories by like maybe one calorie, I would put on my, I would put, <laughs> I'd put on my, my rubbish bag, I'd put my hoodie on and I'd be gone. I would go for a run at night and then I wouldn't eat after that because I was like, I don't deserve it. I've been bad. I just needed to work off my calories. And this cycle went for a very long time. And this is kind of the first time I've been, you know, I've shared stuff like this. I've, I've talked about it before, but I was in a really dark place, I guess. You know, I was obviously obsessed with my food. So my social life was zero. Like I would not go out to dinner with anyone. Like unless I knew that menu back to front, but I didn't know if they put oil in it. I didn't know if they put extra salt in it because back back then I also thought that salt was the devil. So I didn't have salt. I didn't have fruit. I didn't have carbohydrates. Um, I remember one time I was at uh, someone's house for dinner and they made tomato soup and they made it because they knew that I was eating healthy at the time. And I was so obsessed with like dodging carbohydrates. There was like croutons in the tomato soup and I had my spoon and I was literally picking them out in front of the lady that cooked them. And I was just so obsessed. I was like, I need to do this. I need to do this. Like, this means a lot because I was trying to take off with the band or take off with my music career or, you know, I, 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 I also started TV presenting as well. So I was like, I, I need to look good. I, you know, that's part of my, my image. That's, you know, that's my look. So I was very fixated. I took things super seriously. So I was picking out the, the croutons in front of her and she, she was obviously offended. And she's like, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, I don't eat carbohydrates. And she's like, like, it's, it's a piece of bread that's literally this big. And I was like, well, I don't eat bread. Like bread's bad for you. So I picked them out. And as rude as that was, I still drank the tomato juice or tomato soup because I knew that tomatoes were pretty much no calories. So I was like, okay, that's cool. But I just won't have croutons because bread is bad and carbohydrates are bad. So I was in this good food versus bad food mindset. And then dessert came out. Man, it was like, I can't remember what it was, but I definitely know there was ice cream. And if I was there today, I would have smashed that bowl of ice cream. But you know what I did? I told them that I was full, which was a lie. And I told them that I just wanted a green tea. So I was drinking heaps of green tea at the time. Because I thought green tea sped up your metabolism. Because that, that's what was on the articles. 
that's what was on the things that I was reading. So I, she made me a green tea. She was offended once again that I turned down her dessert and I had a green tea. And I was like, yes, Brock, you are winning. Like you are so disciplined. You are going to be so successful. You are killing it, man. You are the man, you know? <laughs> and everyone else at the table was literally looking at me going like, what are you doing? Like this was when I was like really skinny like I was underweight like 69 kg for someone that used to be 88 and these people knew me from when I was 88 and and they were literally concerned about me like Brock like like are you okay like do you think you have like a problem with your food and I was like no I'm just focused like I'm just like really serious about my nutrition this is you know this I take this serious and little did I know I probably did have a food problem man like turning down dessert at someone's house in front of them, picking the croutons out. I would always pick things out of salads if I thought they were bad or, um, you know, I would never have anything that would suggest that, you know, it's high in carbohydrates. So I wasn't too much fun to be around. I didn't have much of a social life. I was over the top of my food. And to share a quick story, I, um, I remember, so there was this one time where so I applied for a modeling agency so so I had so as as you can see I was trying to do tv presenting music and modeling so so that's when I thought my image had to be very uh like skinny or lean because I was like okay you know I need to look like this and look like that I need to fit in so that's why I was still under eating and over training and going for runs in my rubbish bag and um my modeling agency put me down for a competition called Clio Bachelor of the Year. And I was like, okay, I got nothing to lose. Uh, I was in the band, so it'll bring attention to the band if I qualify or get any, you know, any sort of distance into it and get some exposure. It was um, the Clio magazine, which is quite big in New Zealand. So I was like, okay. So they put me forward and I got into the top 12. So I think my month was March. So we did a calendar shoot and this made it even worse. Like I was like, okay, (laughs) like in my head, I was like, okay, I'm a model now. Like I wasn't by any means. And I definitely don't think I'm a model today, but I was like, okay, I'm a model, man. Like I need to really get lean. And I was already like 69, 70 kg. And I was like, Brock, man, you need to take it up a level. So before I did these photo shoots where I was, you know, that I would go to, I would dehydrate because that's what these guys were talking about in these articles that that's what you do. So I would literally stop drinking water two days before it. I would brush my teeth with like dry toothpaste and then I would just leave it. I wouldn't even rinse it out. Like I was having no water. Like I would still train. I would still run. I would still do everything I did throughout the day. I had the driest mouth in the world. It was like the desert in there. And I just wasn't having water and I was just, I was just so focused and like, it probably didn't even make a difference, like not having water for two days. But I thought, you know, you know, this is what they were doing for their, you know, bodybuilding competition, preps, physique, competitive stuff. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do that because that's how you become the top tier athlete. So I did that and I'd pretend to smile and laugh with all the guys and stuff, you know, at the photo shoot and the, and the photographer and all that stuff. And, and, and I don't mean pretend like be fake to them. Like obviously I was still myself, but 
I was always really pushing and I say pretend because like I was struggling. Like I was thinking about food. I was, I was like dying to have some water, but I was so disciplined or crazy, you know, whatever word you want to use that I wouldn't have it. So I turned that down. Um, you know, the, the water they would offer, the food they would have on site and I would just like do the shoot. And then as soon as it finished, I would like scull back as much water as possible and look for like the, the protein only options or the low carb options of whatever food was on there. And I would have that. And I remember, so for the Clio Bachelor of the Year competition, I actually ended up winning. And they told me a couple of months before, before the party where they announced it. So they told me I was super stoked. I was like, that's so cool. You know, that's going to help me with my modeling career. That's going to help me with the band. Um, you know, that may help me with some future things that I'm doing with TV or whatever with music. Um, so the photo shoot was before that because when they announced the winner, the magazine came out the next day. So obviously you have to do the photo shoot beforehand. So they have the photos, they make the magazine and then you win. Then the next morning it comes out. Little do they know that or little does everyone else know that you've already done the photos and known that you've won like a couple of months ago. So for that photo shoot date, I came up a couple of months before that party and we did the photo shoot. And once again, I didn't drink water for two days. I was having my almonds and canned tuna and water and overnight oats, grapefruit, brown rice, meat, vegetables, over, rinse and repeat. Regardless of if I was hungry or not, I would never break my calories because I was focused. Okay, so I did that. I did the photo shoot and then I had some time before the actual party. And even though I'd already won, I took that party really serious because that after party was where all the other contestants were. And I knew that there would be some important people, say maybe to do with modeling or, and there was a big radio station. So the Edge radio station in New Zealand, the presenters were going to be there to announce the winner and the winner got a check. <laughs> it wasn't much, but you know, I was grateful for any sort of money that I had at that time because I wasn't rich or or anything at that time even though you know it may look like you know you're doing music and you're doing tv and doing modeling it, it may look really cool but I was struggling I was I was for sure struggling I was like living on my own paying my own rent anyway that's yeah that's not really relevant but so so everyone was coming to this party. So there was a lot of pressure on me that I put on myself. I was like, okay, I know that I'm already going to win, right? But I need to look like a winner. Like I need to be shredded. I need to be the Clio Bachelor of the Year. And we had to take our shirt off and walk around on stage and stuff like that. And I know this sounds crazy. Like it's just a little Bachelor of the Year modeling thing that I look back at now and I kind of laugh at. But at this time, as, as now you have this insight to this crazy mindset that I had, I was like, super disciplined leading up to it. I was dehydrating two days out, no water. Um, and the thing about the party was it was at nighttime and throughout the day there were chips, there were beers, there were pizza, there were pies, there were wedges with sour cream and sweet chili sauce that I would have just loved to bite into. But uh, when we flew in for the party, or um, sorry, when I flew in, um, I literally packed like three cans of tuna and a bag of almonds, like a Ziploc of almonds. Like I'm, st I can still remember it. And when they were eating their chips and having beers and, 
you know, they were just like enjoying themselves. I was like cracking open. And I remember I was kind of embarrassed because they were just like, so whatever, like, yeah, let's just have fun. And here's me. I've already won, but I'm super serious. I'm eating my canned tuna with water and counting my almonds. 10 almonds, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. you know, eat it. And then I'll just have that for breakfast. And then for lunch, I'd have the same thing. And then for dinner, I was having the same thing too. And then, you know, we did the party and we were walking around. Um, and I took my shirt off. I was walking on the thing and they were like, you know, and we had to dance. And, you know, it was kind of like a kind of fun night. Like, like it was really cool. But then they announced the winner. I came to the front. I got the check. It was $1,000. I was stoked. Um, $1,000 was a lot to me at the time. It still is a lot of money. And um, I remember winning and I was like super stoked. Um, but I didn't really have any friends there that night to like celebrate with or anything. And all the other guys were like mates. And because I was taking it so serious, I wasn't super friendly. Like I was so focused on just sticking to my calories. And, you know, like I said, I was hangry all the time thinking about food. So as soon as I won, I remember getting the check and doing the interview and joking around and stuff. I went straight to the bar and she's like, what do you want? Like, you know, cause she knew that I won. She's like, what do you want? You know, you can have anything. It's, it's, you know, it's on the house. And I was like, I just want the biggest glass you have of water. And she's like, ah, oh, okay. So I didn't drink. I've never really drunk in my life, but I didn't want a beer or anything like that. I just wanted water. But I said, I just want the biggest glass. Like I said, I'm happy to take a jug if you need. Just get me some water. She was like, okay, that's a bit weird. So she gave it to me and I just like scaled it. Like I remember her looking at me like, what is wrong with you? Like I got it. It was like a pretty big glass. And I just like scaled it, scaled it, scaled it all the way back. And then she's like, whoa, you must be really thirsty. And I was like, yeah, I am. <laughs> You know, little did she know I've, I've dehydrated myself for two days straight. So I said, can I have another one? And then I just banged the second one straight in front of her. Bang, and I said, can I, can I have another one? I'm just really thirsty. And then I had a third one. And then um, I had set up the next morning because I knew I was going to win and have that title. I set up a, um, a couple of meetings with modeling agencies the next morning. And I remember, and this is still stuck in my head I was telling Kiki this I think I told her earlier this year that I was so like this is how crazy I was like I was like I went back to the hotel room because all the other boys that were there um, that didn't win but they were you know all hanging out and they were all mates they were like Brock man we're going out tonight uh, do you want to come out dancing or just hang out you know we're going to go have some fun and I said nah man like sorry I'm just going to go home they were like oh good man have a good night and I went home because I had that meeting in the morning with the modeling agency that I knew I was going to have. Um, and I was like, okay, I'm going to celebrate tonight. You know, and I, I was staying in a hotel room by myself, but I was like, I'm going to celebrate. And this is so embarrassing. I remember getting an apple and an orange. And I had like a Ziploc bag of protein powder and a protein shaker. And I was like, I'm going to have fruit tonight. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't, I can't take myself seriously. Like, it was so bad. Like, I thought that having an apple and an orange that night was like 
a bad thing to do like oh i'm celebrating like i'm like having a cheap meal i'm having an apple and an orange and like it's just so embarrassing like that's the place that i was at like i was so obsessed carbs were bad fruit was bad i was breaking two rules and one night i was like man this is crazy and i had the apple and literally man that is the best apple i've ever had in my life like i was so deprived of any sort of sugar any sort of fruit any sort of carbohydrate that was just like the best apple i've had in my life and then that orange that i had that night was also amazing and then i just had protein shake but with water because i still wanted to be lean and look good for the modeling thing the next day so i had that meeting and you know i ended up getting signed to that agency which was awesome but just the mindset that i had around nutrition was just absolutely mental and i haven't talked about this much so this is why i'm going into so much detail because you know i post a lot on social media on 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 instagram saying you know there's no such thing as a bad food or a good food or you know let's just flexible diet eat the foods that you love instead of thinking of what you need to take out of your diet think about what you can keep in your diet whilst still dieting and i share this stuff and i often get a lot of hate from people saying you shouldn't be spreading this and ice cream is bad for you sugar is the reason why there's a you know obesity problem in the world and bread is bad for you and all this kind of stuff but i come from this place where i literally eliminated all of that and my my whole life like my whole world was different because i was fixated by food i was depriving myself of certain foods i was i was holding back i mean i was restricting myself on calories i was literally having 1500 calories a day i was scared of carbohydrates i was scared of eating out and i was no fun to be around i was hangry i was just thinking about the next food or the next meal that i was going to have that day or the next day and that's why i talk so much about flexible dieting because it literally saved my life like if i was still like that i don't know if i would have any friends today I don't know if I would be engaged today. I don't know if I would be a personal trainer. I think I would have burnt out. I think I would have just been so strict. I think I just you know would be no fun to be around. I wouldn't have energy to to talk about this on my podcast. And that's why I'm so grateful for flexible dieting and it sounds really cheesy, but it is literally what helps me be me because now um to fast forward to where I am today I'm eating an extra 2000 calories a day than I was back then and I'm you know let's say 20 kilos heavier 21 23 kilos heavier instead of being 69 kg where I was deprived I was overtraining I was doing cardio when I didn't need to I was trying to at exercise my calories that I overconsumed if I did now I'm having 3500 calories I'm literally training less than I was before like 5 to 6 days a week uh, I'm eating the foods I love if I feel like a sandwich I have a sandwich if I feel like um an ice cream at night I'll have ice cream if I feel like for breakfast throwing chocolate into my oats then I'll do that if I feel like having uh an extra portion of peanut butter in the morning I'll do that because yes I do have more calories but I also have the understanding that if I make it work within my calories and it's a food that you know I'm not allergic to or that isn't going to do any disservice to my body then it's going to fuel my body so flexible dieting has has literally saved my life um 
So to jump back into that point where I was like, um, you know, dehydrating and all that kind of stuff, um, to kind of fast forward in time a little bit, uh, I, I, I kind of stopped doing music. I, and I came to this place where I was like, man, what do I do with myself? And I decided to become a PT. I always loved training. I was obviously obsessed with nutrition, even though I was doing it completely wrong in my eyes. Um, so I, I, I enrolled for an online course. And then a friend of mine, Jazz, when I first moved to Auckland, she was like, oh, she worked at City Fitness. And she was like, well, you can you know, get a job here if you want being a PT. And I was like, yeah, I'm doing my course now. And she's like, well, if you join you do this course and then you can um you can start pretty much straight away after 14 days so i did like a seven day course and i did some other things around it and then i was jumping into a pt and it was kind of like an internship like you would do the course and then you would continue um, to learn as you pt people um, but you you know i wasn't illegally personal training people but i was learning as i went from other pts and i was getting lessons um, from other PTs, I was doing workshops and, and I still took on clients, but it was awesome, man. It was like a job that I absolutely loved. Like I, I obviously loved music. I loved, you know, trying things with modeling and trying things with TV as well. But um, personal training was where I really felt at home when I was doing it. And I, I really excelled in it too. I became one of their busiest trainers, you know, really quickly. And the thing is, my nutrition never really got better. I, I didn't really, I, I didn't become scared of carbs. So I, I overcame that fear and I understood as a PT, like I should have that carbs weren't the enemy. Um, but I was still over restricting. And then this is when I kind of started binge eating. So, um, I was over restricting. So I would wake up at like four forty-five in the morning to start personal training at six. I'd get to the gym. I would walk the floor. I would you know, be walking all day, trying to help people, trying to, you know, build my clientele as a personal trainer and also train as well. And I would just have like boiled eggs for breakfast and I'll be walking around all day, training as well, helping people, trying to build my clientele base. And then for lunch, I might have a protein shake and then I would train people and all that kind of stuff. And I would work till about 9 p.m., 8 p.m. And then I would go home and eat. And by that time, I'd only had about you know, I was eating a lot of eggs at that time, like eight to 10 boiled eggs. So it is quite a lot um, and a protein shake. And then I got home, but I'd probably trained twice. I'd probably done somewhere between 20 to 30,000 steps, which is normal for a personal trainer. So I would get home and I would literally smash so many calories. And you'd think, man, how can you gain weight when you do 20 to 30,000 steps and you're training about twice a day? And let me tell you, I was literally stuffing my face every night and I was gaining weight and I remember a client of mine said Brock are you are you trying to bulk like are you trying to put on size but in my head I was trying to get leaner that's why I was having boiled eggs for breakfast a protein shake for lunch and then I was meant to have like a good dinner at night time but I would just binge and have literally four to five thousand calories of just junk food like you kind of switch off and you go to this really dark place and you just keep stuffing yourself and it was a it was a combination of things like yes I was over restricting myself but I was also living on my own I was very isolated I was upset 
I think, in a lot of aspects of my life. So, you know, nutrition, we're not robots. It's not just like, oh, calories in versus calories out. It's like, there's other things in our life too, you know. I think there was a time where I first started personal training. Before that, I was like depressed. I feel like I was just not very happy because I gave up on music. I didn't know what to do with my life. I felt very purposeless. And that's when kind of binge eating started coming in because, you know, food is a place of comfort as well for you and that's where you can get comfort. So I would binge eat at nighttime to, I guess, try and make myself feel better. But then the next morning you feel worse. You feel guilty because you've eaten bad foods, because you've eaten a ton of carbohydrates, you've eaten junk food, you've eaten processed foods. So I'd wake up and feel terrible um, and then start again. Boiled eggs for breakfast, protein shake for lunch skip dinner because I was working so much because when you're a personal trainer dinner time five between five to seven p.m those are your busiest hours as a personal trainer so you work through it and then when everyone goes home to their family and kids I would go home and binge eat because I was so overworked under eaten stressed out trying to build a personal training business um, and I was doing TV work on the side as well and random modeling jobs and I was just really overstretched so I had a really bad relationship with food. So I ended up moving away from, from Auckland and I went to live with my brother and his wife's family, which, you know, Catherine, Shane, Josh, Angelica, Chelsea, T and Adia, you know, like I absolutely love them so much. They, you know, I lived with my brother, which was awesome. You know, I was overworked and stuff. And, and then when I went to Queensland, I was better nutrition wise because they cooked a lot of food but even my brother would say you know I was like still avoiding carbohydrates a lot like they would have their meals and I would have my meals because I was so like I don't eat bread I don't eat this and then I tried to do keto so this is where my my dieting history really evolved so I went from one meal a day to warrior diet to different protocols of intermittent fasting to really low calorie to low carb uh, and now I'm here at keto and I would have you know just heaps of fats heaps of nuts and just heaps of meat I don't think I stuck to keto right I think my protein was too high but anyway I tried to do that and once again I was never really happy I was never satisfied um, I had a really swollen look on my face I still don't really know what that is I've never searched it but I had like, it looked like baby fat, but I had a very swollen face um, during this time that I would do that. And that never really worked for me. It was extremely restrictive. You know, I was literally living in a house with my brother and his wife's family. And I was having different meals because I was so obsessed, like keto. You know, I, wa I want to know exactly what's in the food. And my brother would look at my food going like, what the hell are you eating? <laughs> and I, I, I literally was still in that same mindset of like, no, nah, I'm just focused. Like I'm just sticking to keto because, you know, I know that it's going to work. Um, and, you know, this is how you get to that top level, you know, type of thing. So I was personal training, but I was still singing in Gold Coast. I started that back up over there and um, trying keto and I wasn't sleeping much. I still didn't really know that. And I never really fixed my nutrition um, so I, I, I didn't last that long in Queensland. I, I think I lasted somewhere between six to eight months. And then I moved to Sydney, uh, to live with my auntie. Um, and then 
I kind of still tried to push my music, but I was definitely kind of falling more in love with personal training at the time. Um, and then I just went head over heels into personal training. And I moved out from my auntie's house after a couple of months or three months, I think. And I moved into my own place in the city of Sydney to become a personal trainer. And, um, you know, you think, okay, I'll probably sort out my nutrition now. I didn't. And I was still personal training people and I was building my business, um, trying to get clients and trying to, to, and this is when I started doing courses and stuff too, really growing my education, online courses too, going to as many face-to-face workshops as I could in Sydney. But I was still super stressed. I was working really hard. Um, I wasn't sleeping much and I was still making bad nutritional decisions. My training dramatically improved when I first became a personal trainer because I started learning things. I started learning what a horizontal push and a vertical push was. A horizontal pull and a vertical pull. A hip dominant move or a knee dominant move. Uh, an ab exercise. You know, I started learning these things, which sounds really basic now. But as a kid that was 14 that just got into lifting, I didn't know much. I just kind of was just so passionate. I just dived right in. Even with nutrition, didn't know much. Just dived right in. Went all the very aggressive routes. So... I started like, yeah, my training was drastically better, but in Sydney, I was still over restricting, having low calories, eating food for fuel, not for taste. And I wasn't really flexible dieting when I first started PTing here in Sydney. I was extremely restrictive. And then like there was no real distinct point where I just went like stuff this, like it's not working. I just kind of, I think one day I just got really sick of myself because I knew it wasn't healthy and I knew that it wasn't just, I was mature enough to understand that it wasn't just, yeah, Brock, let's go hard. You're just disciplined. Just keep pushing through. Just, you know, it's, 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 it's discipline, Brock. It's not, um, crazy. You're just, you know, like maybe you're just a cut above the rest. You're just extremely disciplined. They don't understand how committed you are. You know, I kind of understood. I was a bit more mature now to understand that that was not the case that I probably was just a bit crazy with my nutrition and a bit over the top and it wasn't working out for me. Like in Sydney, I would work big hours because I started from scratch in Sydney. I didn't have any, I didn't really have any friends when I started PTing at Market Street uh, Fitness First in the city. You know, I became friends with people for sure Um, and, you know, I got really close with Dave Conyer and Cole but I still didn't really have many friends, so I would just work a lot. I'd work, I'd get to the gym at 6 a.m., I'd leave at 8 to 9 p.m. That same model I used in Auckland to get to be one of the busiest trainers in the gym, I did in Sydney. And then I became one of the busiest trainers in the gym that I was working at in Sydney. But I was, you know, under eating throughout the day, and then I'd get home, and I was probably just overwhelmed from working 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. and training twice a day and doing all the steps and stuff. I would binge. So so I still remember this one day I was coming home from the gym. I stopped at McDonald's and I got three burgers, a Big Mac, a McChicken and an Angus beef burger. I can still remember it. I didn't get fries because I was like, I don't just want to fill up on fries. Uh, I got a chocolate sundae because they're delicious. And then I walked past a Indian takeaway store and I got butter chicken with rice and uh, cheese and garlic naan because they are awesome. If you're going to get a naan, go cheese and garlic naan. You will not regret it. And then 
I took that home and I didn't start eating. I went to a grocery store. And this is this thing I used to do. I used to get full fat cream. Like maybe it was double cream or extra thickened cream. I'm not sure what it was, but I used to get that. And I used to get muesli. And I used to get a jar of peanut butter and chocolate. And I used to just make a big ass muesli bowl with double cream all through it. And then like pretty much a whole tub of peanut butter on top and then like a whole block of chocolate on top. So that's a, if you know much about calories, that's a calorie bomb waiting to go off. But I would have that as dessert. And first I would eat the McDonald's burgers and the butter chicken and rice and cheese and garlic naan. Um, And I was full, but I was like still in that, you know, mindset of like stuff it trying to find comfort and you know maybe I was still depressed and overworked type of thing because when I first started PTing I've talked about this before I was um because I was going by a franchisee model you don't get paid by the hour you get paid per client and you pay rent so rent comes out but if you have no clients you still pay rent and the rent is quite expensive so I paid all my franchise fees and I didn't have much money left. So I worked three jobs while I was PTing. So I was extremely stressed. I would try and build my clientele from 6 a.m. till 9 p.m. Monday to Friday. And then Friday night, I would go and wash dishes at a hotel. Thanks to my cousin Turangi who hooked me up with a job. Appreciate that, brother. And I would work from Friday night till midnight after, after work as a PT. I would go and wash dishes. And then Saturday morning, I would wash dishes at one hotel. And then straight after that I finished my shift there, I would go to another hotel and wash dishes until midnight. And then I'll do that again on Sunday. Wake up, wash dishes from, I think it was eight in the morning till about midday at one hotel. And then I'd go and I'd start from like two or three and go to midnight at another hotel. So I was working a lot. I was just, I was kind of like with nutrition at that point, I was just like, trying to restrict during, you know, stay lean and, and all that kind of stuff in the mornings with like low carb, low calorie meals and breakfast and lunch. And then at nighttime, I just ended up binging all the time and just going over my calories. And I was in this vicious cycle where I felt like I couldn't get out of it. And, you know, like I was saying before, it didn't really click. I didn't just go, oh, I just don't want to do that anymore. I think I was just over the feeling of feeling defeated I was over the feeling of feeling boxed in, like I was in a diet that didn't work. And I think it was just also a combination of learning all the things that I was learning in workshops um, and from other personal trainers that I worked with that like that isn't the that isn't the solution. The solution is not extremely restricting things and saying you can't have this, you can't have that. Because it just leads, well, for me, I'm speaking from experience now, and I guess from some of my clients' experience that I've had the you know, privilege of coaching now being online and also with my face-to-face work, that I, I know it just doesn't, it, it didn't work for me. Like carbs are bad, fruit is bad, sugar is bad, all that kind of stuff. I would avoid it for the first two meals of the day. And then for dinner and onwards, I would just cave in and I'd eat all that stuff that I was planning not to because I was so deprived. And also, yes, I was, I I had a lot of stress in life as well. And, you know, everyone has the things that they're going through, 
in life. I'm not saying I'm special, that my hardship is you know, harder than yours, but we all have stress in our life. And I feel like you know, if we're depriving ourselves of things nutritionally that we don't necessarily need to be doing, then as soon as we hit a point where we can't handle it or we just kind of cave in like the pressure becomes too much that's when we go and binge and we go and you know overdo our calories and we feel guilty then we stop training and then you know we feel like okay we got you know diet starts monday we feel like we have to reset and this is where where i want to really talk about flexible dieting once again and this is how it saved me you know and i as soon as i started incorporating foods that I loved, that I actually loved, like not just like I love it because it's good for me. Like I would say to myself, you know, I love sweet potato or I love steak, but it was really just because I knew it was healthy for me. But like ice cream, hands down, I can say I love ice cream. Like I really love ice cream and I will eat ice cream every day if I could. (laughs) And I used to when I was a personal trainer, like face-to-face, you know, like I was doing 20 to 30,000 steps per day and training once to twice per day. I could get away with a tub of Ben and Jerry's every day. And I'm not advocating that. I'm not saying that you should do that because I definitely think it was out of control. And I was just kind of make like abusing my physical activity levels for being able to consume that sort of stuff. But um, yeah, I really love it. And now I eat that stuff on a regular basis and I don't feel guilty about it. And I don't feel like I've like ever since I've started flexible dieting properly with the right mindset, I haven't felt like I've needed to binge or go over my calories or go off in a crazy direction where I just feel like I can't be helped and I feel guilty for breaking my diet because flexible dieting is, I believe, following a principle of 80% nutritious, 20% delicious. And that's where I am at the moment. And coming from what I've come from, you know, through this whole podcast, sharing pretty much my whole diet history of my life, well, most of it, this is where my happy place is. So 80% of my diet is nutritious. I try and fill it up with lean cuts of protein, with vegetables, with fruit, you know, with a wide variation of colors and micro, um, you know, and micronutrients plenty of nutrient-dense foods, and then 20% of my diet, I like to contribute to foods that I love. And a lot of people will say, well, why don't you just have 100%? Because that's going to be way better for you. Sure, okay, I'm going to say sure. Physically, that might work for you. But psychologically, that has never worked for me. And I can say that with confidence. As you know my story now, I've, I've done that. I've had the 100% clean diet. I've hit my calories to the T. I've been obsessed with it. And sure, physically, that may have been better for me. But long term, it was never sustainable. And, and psychologically, it was terrible because I couldn't stick to it. I was just like, I felt trapped. And then as soon as I felt trapped and I felt like the pressure was too much of life or of whatever, then I feel like I caved in. And that has been a lifesaver for me. Like I've said many times throughout this podcast, flexible dieting has has literally helped me 
fuel my body properly now. So now I'm eating enough calories. I'm sitting at a healthy weight for me. I'm sitting at somewhere, I kind of fluctuate between 89 kg to 92. That's kind of my healthy place for me. I have about 3,500 calories per day. I try and hit 220 grams of protein and my carbs and fats just kind of sit where they sit. So that allows me to be more flexible if I want more carbs or more fats in one day. Like if I train pretty hard, I'll gravitate more towards carbohydrates to fuel that. Um, But now I know, you know, I'm very aware of calories, of protein, of fats, of carbs, and I've found my sweet spot. But I've only found that through experience. So, you know, I'm just telling you my experience. I'm not saying you have to have 80% nutritious foods and 20% delicious because, you know, maybe that ratio doesn't work for you or maybe you want to eat 100% clean Monday to Friday and then Saturday, Sunday have more of a flexible diet then and, you know, where you might have, you know, Saturday you might have a meal that's higher in calories and Sunday you might go out and have pizza with your friends. You know, that's cool. But this is what flexible dieting can open up for you and what has opened up for me. So now I have you know, I'm at a place and I have been for quite a few years now where I can go out with friends and family or even new people if I'm meeting new people and eat dinner without feeling guilty for having certain foods or I can, you know, eat carbohydrates and just know that 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 it's going to be okay, that, okay, I just had a piece of fruit, but the world's not going to end and, you know, all my progress isn't going to go through the window or down the toilet. And, you know, it's also helped me Uh, include foods that I love, eating ice cream on a regular basis. I didn't think I could have that lifestyle of enjoying myself, you know. I was always in that super focused, super dedicated mindset because I thought that was the only way. That was the only way to fuel your body. That was the only way to, to, to reach that physique or reach that strength level that I wanted to be as strong as possible and use my body for what it's meant to be used for. But now I know that I can have bread. I can have chocolate. Like I'm, I'm about to release a YouTube video this week about my breakfast that I have most mornings, which is Chibani yogurt. And that's the foundation. But on top of that, I put in whatever I want or whatever I feel like that morning. So, you know, yogurt is a super great protein source, but you know, I'll put mixed berries in it most days. Sometimes I'll put peanut butter in, sometimes I won't. Sometimes I'll put chocolate in it, sometimes I won't. Sometimes I'll put honey in, sometimes I won't. I'll put cinnamon in, I'll put vanilla essence in, but flexible dieting has given me this freedom where I don't have to wake up and say, okay, I'm having my overnight oats of 30 grams of oats, uh, half a grapefruit, uh, water, because, uh, you know, dairy was bad for you. I thought dairy was bad for you, you know, but now I'm having dairy every day and I feel okay. I feel fine. So I guess what I want to what I want you to take away from this podcast is, you know, I didn't just want to rant about my experience and for you to get nothing out of it, even though you probably laughed uh, a couple of times. I want you to learn from my mistakes and take whatever you want from it. That's why I created this podcast, Better With Brock. I'm literally sitting here telling you what I've gone through so that you can make changes to your lifestyle. You know, maybe you can see yourself like, the Brock that would have one meal a day because he thought that was the only way to drop body fat. Or maybe you are at a place that was where I was where you're dehydrating or not drinking water two days before you have a photo shoot for something. Because 
you think that that's the only way to get lean. Or maybe you're doing keto at the moment because you think that that's the best way to get lean. But I can tell you, you can still eat carbohydrates and get really lean if you want to. So I just want you to learn from my experience. You know, there's not many personal trainers that will admit that, you know, they've had this kind of shocking past, you know, or, or, or I would call it a shocking past or, you know, learning experience just so you can learn from it. You know, I want you to, to take what you can from it um, because I train many clients around the world these days for my work. I'm an online personal trainer and I know that there's still a lot of people in positions where I was or, you know, or with the mindsets that I used to have, that carbs are bad, that fruit is bad, um, that keto is the only way to drop body fat, or um, intermittent fasting is the only way to get lean, or you have to have one meal a day, and if you have two, then you're going to gain weight, or you're going, to, you're not going to make progress. Um, so yeah, I hope that just gives you an insight, and you know, give you know, maybe it's given you some tools to to change the trajectory that you're on. And maybe you feel like you're not in a sustainable diet at the moment. Um, and hopefully this can help you have a sustainable diet. Because trust me, when you find your happy place like I have, and maybe I'll find a happier place later on, but at the moment I'm pretty darn happy. You know, if you find this place, it's a great place to be in. Like when nutrition doesn't have to consume your life, like I don't sit around all day thinking about what I'm going to eat now. And that's big progress. Like it sounds like a small deal, but that's a really big deal for me. And that allows me to be more productive in my work life. It allows me to be more present in my social life. And it allows me to enjoy my nutrition as opposed to being scared of it. Or as opposed to thinking that this is just fuel. Um, you shouldn't eat for enjoyment. You know, now I, I, I do enjoy ice cream and I have it to, to, to enjoy myself. Sometimes I will add a piece of bread with dinner because I feel like it. Sometimes I will add a wrap. Sometimes, like I said before, I'll put chocolate in my yogurt because I, I feel like it. And once you have, um, you know, an understanding that, you know, there is no such thing and I strongly believe this as good foods and bad foods, then you can open yourself up to a diet that may last forever for you. Obviously, there are good foods and bad foods. A bad food is a food that's, you know, that you physically can't eat. If you're a celiac, then a bad food is a food that contains gluten for you. If you're allergic to nuts, then eating peanut butter is a bad food for you. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the mindset of good foods and bad foods, like carbs are bad, uh, protein is good, um, you know, having that sort of stance. So yeah, I hope you've learned um, a lot from this podcast. Uh, this is the first episode. Um, there's going to be many more. Uh, I have some guests that I want to get on. I have a lot of topics that I want to talk about. I haven't even talked about my training. It's been very uh, nutrition-based, but I have many ideas that I want to cover and present to you and you can take what you want from it. So I hope you've enjoyed this. Uh, I'd appreciate if you share this on your stories or share this to your friends and family uh, or subscribe to the podcast. I would appreciate it very much. This is Brock Ashby. I'll see you later. Bye.